The Koi Gig Pod. There's no way Arsenal would let her go. It's all kind of mind games going on, which is a lot of fun. Picked up more attention than any other actual transfer. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, Alan Quinlan's with us. We were just in the ad break there. What, what are we going to talk about? The 20s, we, lots to get too carried away. But um, uh, Kim Prendergast's little brother is playing 10 for our Ireland in the under-20s. Let's no, get carried away. Let's his, get carried his away. little big brother. Yeah, he's 6'4". 6'4", six, six, four, six, four, yeah. 6'4", 10. Yeah, it's very... Um, Sonny Bill Williams was tweeting about him. Now, World Rugby were like, calling him Sonny Bill Williams, which is a little bit of pressure, I would say, from World Rugby. <coughs> it's amazing. That, that's our though, job, World Rugby. It's amazing, really, that um, we often debate. Um, and it, we saw incredible games in the, in the senior games over the weekend, lots of attack and great excitement. But sometimes we have periods in the game where it's bland and it's kicking and it's defence. And, and it's been a real challenge in the professional era. Defensive coaches, <coughs> very important part of the game if you're a player and if you're a coach. But the way the game is gone, you do a 20s game. Uh, Dave and myself were there Friday night doing the commentary for Virgin. And um, it's excitement. It's not overthinking it. It's trying to play what's in front of you. Obviously, you have a structure and stuff. And uh, that was a great game. Some of the tries. The Welsh backs were outstanding. Um, Louis... Um, uh, Hennessy it's a pity he's not Irish he's with Bath incredible player 13 for Wales some really good backs Ireland were under a lot of pressure early on in that game um, <clears throat> I was blown away how big they were um, second rows Dermot Mangan Conor O'Tierney uh, and then the back row McNabney Ruan Quinn and Brian Gleeson these guys are bigger monsters. than you yeah, well, way <laughs> bigger yeah and incredibly fit and strong and athletic but um there was plenty of kind of mistakes in the game by by both sides, and worryingly enough, Ireland were, ended up in fifteen fourteen at half time. It could have been more to Wales, but great response in the second half. But some really exciting big players in that side, and uh, it was a great game to be at. Hugh Cooney at thirteen, great footwork. Um, James Nicholson, he went on to the wing, scored two tries. So. Great win for them and uh, some really strong physical players coming through from the 20s. It's Sam Prendergast is the brother who plays at 10. Isn't that right? Oh, Sam, yeah. Yeah, yeah Sam Prendergast, yeah. yeah. Um, another, another Kildare. I just want to just, just yeah, briefly point this out. So there's him, there's Osborne, and there's Jimmy O'Brien at some stage in the next couple of years and, of course, uh, Joey Carby. At some stage in the next couple of years, Kildare are <laughs> going to have the entire back line for the Ireland rugby team. There and meanwhile, go. the Gaelic football team are like, come on, lads. Could, <laughs> could some of the younger Osborne brothers just decide to pick Gaelic football and we'd all be happy? And Paul O'Connell's nephew off the bench, Evan O'Connell. Or he's, he's um, yeah, his nephew. He came off the bench. Frankie Sheehan had two nephews On the off team. the bench. Yeah, Danny Sheehan and, uh, and Jacob Sheehan. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, what, what, what's a good barometer of success though. Like how many um, many of the twenties do you want to see coming through? Obviously, you want to see as many as possible coming through. But how many would you expect to see coming through to the senior setup? When you look back on the teams who've won Grand Slams or gone deep in World Cups, it's always four or five who are coming through. That mm. yeah, and they, now it's they, not every year that you get four yeah. or five, but we've all, at this level. Sometimes you say physically, are they kind of ready for the step up? You know, and uh, there's some of these guys are physically could play now. Uh, the number eight, Brian Gleeson Honestly, he's only not, he's still under nineteens. Like he's and where's he from? Massive. He's from 
Tipperary. All oh, right. As you, you're bo- boosting about, uh, there you go. boasting about Kildare. <laughs> he's tip man, yeah. He's uh, number eight playing with Gary Owen. He's only 19. Taking the dubs out of it, who'd have He's the best huge. sevens side? There should be a county sevens competition. <laughs> <laughs> and Ruin Quinn, who's played, he was the youngest ever debutant for Munster, Munster. back against Zebra in, in September. Um, he was the seven. Um, uh, James McNabney, the other back row. Honestly, the carries constant from from all three of them. They were they were they were absolutely brilliant. We're not allowed on the show by our, our uh, watchers and listeners to get too excited about the the hype that's coming up. Um, so let's move to the senior team just to puncture the hype. We were pretty good. We were very good. I think yeah. the start was was um, was superb. The efficiency, the accuracy, and everything they were doing, um, the variety, the width to to where they were attacking, even though off line out scrums. Um, you know, superb, superb at the at the, the early parts again. And Wales couldn't do anything about it. Were they sluggish and slow to the blocks? Yes, they were. Um, I think the t- pace and tempo <coughs> that Ireland played with was um, was really, really, really good. I think collectively they just work. They're so well organised and they know what each player is doing inside and outside in attack and defence. So. Very, very cohesive. The worrying part, obviously, was that that period in the second half. There was always going to be um, a response from Wales. Um, they were facing a, a humiliating loss, and they 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 gained some pride back, which is understandable. I think the twenty minutes probably went was a bit too long for Ireland to be to lose control of it. Their discipline, you know, was poor. And if France are looking at it, or the other teams in the Six Nations, Scotland. They'll see some opportunities there. That kind of twenty-minute period, yeah. they'll they'll it will be reviewed by the other nations, and you you'll see some chances there. You do wonder how much of that is because Ireland naturally are defending a lead that they know is largely inassailable. The game barring, is over. Yeah, it, it definitely feels over, right? It's, it's unless Wales come out straight after half time and score two quick tries, and they get back into the into the teens, and there's ten, twelve, fourteen points in it. Then you're saying. Next score is going to decide yeah. what's going to happen, but it never got to that point. Twenty-seven ten when they scored, when Liam Williams scored, and then they got the penalty from the restart. Really crucial moment. Andrew Porter, you know, on Liam Williams for the try. If you look at it again, there's nothing really in it at all. There's oh, it's no supposed to be yellow card, says Gatland. I'm like, hang on a second. Look, in fairness, if he looks at that afterwards and sees the replays, he slides along the ground. There's no swing in arm. He's trying. To, he's a second late. The reaction from the Welsh players was way, way too much. But they were fired up at that stage. Yeah. They get the penalty from there's the... There's a fair bit of diving going on, isn't there, in, in rugby at yeah, the moment? Yeah, there is a little bit. Um Liam Williams on the Henderson one. I think the Welsh were questioning Johnny Sexton. How big a hit was it from Liam Williams? I thought a penalty was enough, um, to be honest. And that's, at the time, I think I said it in commentary, I think, you know, letter of the law, it's the yellow is there. But I think it's a harsh one. I think it's, even though he, it's top of the shoulder, top of the arm, um, but from that restart, that penalty that they got after Liam Williams tried, they kicked down to the 22 and crooked line out. That was the time, win the line out. Creep another three points maybe out of it, get a penalty kick, you know. Yeah. Suddenly the crowd are really, really winding up, whereas crooked throw scrum Ireland, they were able to get out again. Yeah. But 
the game management could have been a bit better at that period of time. What um, could we have done differently? Like what, when you say, well, game look, it's easy in hindsight uh, on the run. They're back in what they're doing and they're trying to build phases. And I just thought some of the kicking could have been better. And tactically, we could have used James Lowe a little bit to get some distance in the kicks, not putting it up in the air. Um, but we didn't have a lot of ball. The possession was starved. So I think the possession starts completely swung around to 65, 70% was now with Wales in that second half. Um, so just when, when, the, when you're giving away the penalties, I think, and look, some of them were very marginal, like some of the Welsh ones in the first half, but you've got to be squeaky clean in that moment. It's easier said than done when the pressure is on. Don't make it more difficult. Uh, try and force a mistake. Let them, you know, keep battering away, but and eventually they'll break down and we'll get a turnover. But I just thought a couple of them were, were soft. They'll know that themselves. Um, so it's it's sometimes it can be really difficult. Um, but it's a good period for Ireland as regards, you know, checking in and the resilience on their defensive setup, on their fitness, all that kind of stuff, mental strength. Um, so they can t- you can take a lot out of that as well. Can we take a moment for Hugo Keenan? I mean, like he's become so important in that Irish setup, and his performance was brilliant. Like he was just on top of everything. His high fielding, try saving at one point in the first half as well. Um, he just he adds something really comforting. There's just a, a knowledge of calm when he's when he's in the in the, in the Irish setup. And uh, I mean, he was impervious the weekend. Superb and, and so consistent, Shane. I think he's um, he's underrated. I think not by the Irish yeah, players. No, and and you know, um, but I listened to Will Green or just say who's the World Cup winner with England. And obviously, if I was debating something with with someone, if you were de- telling me about back rows, I'd back myself to say, well, mm. I, I could really, really back myself there. He's a back. He's played at the top level. Will Green would won won a lot. He thinks. Hugo Keenan is the best fullback in the world at the moment, and it's when you think about it, it's hard to argue. And and um, he's so consistent, rarely makes a mistake. He's running game, he, and he's not this just good in the air and Mister Reliable kicking the ball into touch and being really safe defender. His attacking game is superb. Yeah, he showed that in New Zealand. Um, so quick. Yeah, he's really deceptively quick. Um, you know, the cover back when the ball was hacked through for when you think Rio Dyer and Wales are going to score here, they're going to get a a, um, a present here of a try. He's just never gives up, and there's a real lesson in that. So he's super mentally strong um, and just knows does the basics so well, but then excels as when when you give him any sort of space. Um, he's he's a brilliant rugby player and rarely makes a bad decision. Um, and it was a superb performance for him, as was what it was for many of the players. Look, Caelan Doris was, you know, outstanding. James Ryan looks like he's really found his yeah. form again. Mm. Physically, he looks really strong in himself. In that first try that we scored, there's pictures doing no, the rounds. Yeah, it's a still shot. It's it's. You can see in the, like, You can see actually in the live shot that there is a like it's a hand on the face, but I don't think anything's going to come of it because it, it's not. Very unlikely, unless James Ryan has a problem with it and Ireland have a problem with it. But I, I think it's more in trying to reach out and grab the ball. And um, he was brilliant, James Ryan. I think the line-out steal, the try, the carries, um, the work rate. He, he just looks to have he a real explosive spring. in a way. Yeah, he does. And, and, and he look, he physically probably had a dip in form and was physically a, a bit battered and played so much rugby in the early parts of his career. 
he looks re-energized and really strong and physical in 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 in, in the contact areas. Uh, Finley Bealham. Uh, it was a brilliant performance from him. He's going to get tested by Cyril Boy on Saturday in, in Dublin. It's a bit of a blow to Ireland that Furlong, Gibson Park are not available. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a real test for him. I thought he stood up brilliantly um, and had a really big game. Dan Sheehan again and Van der Flair, the carries. Just, it's, it's freakish, really. And they keep turning up time after time. They're so fit. It's unbelievable. Um Sheehan is getting to the point where we're going to be able to compare him with Keith Wood. Like, it's just even the, I've got the ball in my hands, I'm going to try a little chip through, and there's just a bang of like. Um, I like, don't know if Woody, with respect, and he'll probably admit this, could sidestep and swerve. Of course, Woody, Woody had a sidestep, yeah, of course. But Woody's carried, I just. Sheehan just can run up to you and stop and then just bounce to one side and know he, you're, you're about to tackle him and he can kind of fend you a little bit and spin around and then kind of pump the legs. He's close in contact and, and balance is really, really powerful. He's a big man. He's a big man. He's hard to stop. Now, to be fair, Keith Wood, you know, running a line and, and his footballing ability was sensational and... Um, Sheehan is getting a real reputation for himself. He everybody knows about him in world rugby now, and um, he's, you know, if we if you can get um, Kelleher Sheehan, the two of them are are are, are world class players on their day, and I think they have the the ability to be world class. I think Sheehan now, what we've seen the last year, is he's kind of nudging one. more and more yeah. there. Ronan Keller has been very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, with injury but he's got a number of months now to, I, I think he's pretty close to, to being available as opposed to being longer term so you know plenty of time for him to get back and obviously the, so long as one of them is fit uh, and playing would be grand but obviously having them both there would be sensational yeah it would yeah yeah. I think it's um, it's it's really important I think if you had the strength it, uh, Herring has done brilliantly for Ireland as well so there's there's three of them there that, that have um <coughs> You know, gives gives real depth in that position. I think um, so. There's a lot of positives after the weekend, but I I think you know we need to just temper that with a little bit of how good were Wales. Um, there has to be a reality check there and just speak about that yeah. because, um, and I don't mean it that disrespectfully. Um, Ireland just can't get carried away now. You know what I mean? I don't think they will. I think we've laboured on the point of 2019 a lot. I think they know. Um, that it can change very, very quickly. This is better. <laughs> it's better. It's a good start. Yeah. But look, if we you get, get carried it. away and we all think they're great, they're a very good side. They've proven themselves that they deserve to be spoken this way, mainly because of New Zealand and November and winning probably not with their best performances in November. So they've been tested a lot and that's what Andy Farrell wants. He wants them to be tested and challenged. Um, but what we saw again at, at the weekend was really good. Let's talk briefly about Italy before we get to France um, the narrative around Italy was that they should have a relegation playoff with Georgia every year because they're so bad it's an abomination they're conceding 50 points every game the games aren't competitive you can put out your second string and it doesn't really matter and then like they were just a few bad decisions away from winning that game at the weekend we'll see what happens next week um, of course they were brilliant um, they go to Twickenham now and you, you, they will sense an opportunity here. I think um, before they beat Wales last year, they'd lost thirty-six games in the Six Nations consecutive games. 
So it was a legitimate argument, sure. Nobody wanted Italy. Well, I saw someone online yesterday saying, well, people wanted Italy thrown out of the Six Nations. Nobody wanted them thrown out. I think what they wanted was an opportunity for Georgia um, if they... um, with a playoff situation, the other unions didn't want that because For fear they get so well, if you had a bad year, a yeah. really bad year, you could end up Wales, Ireland, Scotland potentially in a playoff. Yeah, with uh, you know with Georgia <laughs> away in Tbilisi in a two-legged affair or something, and you could be out of the Six Nations. So that's understandable and changing it up. But there was a there's, there's there, there was an argument for, and and that argument still should should always be there. Um, that if there was a relegation scenario, would it make it more 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 spice to it? Do you know what I mean? Um, Italy were really good on, on 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 Sunday, and I think they've shown that um, we've been waiting for this Italian kind of side. Yeah, I think they're brilliant to watch. I think they have a problem at halfback. Uh, their halfback, scrum half and out half, didn't help them in that game. Well, the 10 couldn't kick the ball past the 22. Whenever they'd, they'd win possession, they'd snaffle something, and then he'd kick it straight back into touch inside their own 22. And you're like, just, you know, maybe try and find a way of exiting. Yeah, I think Stephen Varney, the, the scrum half, made some mistakes as well. Maybe they'll be better in Twickenham. Uh, Garbisi wasn't playing, so um, it was Tommaso Allen, who's, who's pretty experienced, I think, just with some of the control. But uh, What about France, though? Like... I don't think we can take France's form from this game and say, ooh, France aren't playing really well at the moment because France are stereotypically uh, complacent when it comes to those games against Italy. Frequently, they'll play Italy. They can Italy. be. And when everything goes well and they they start off and they start scoring some great tries, I think they were a little bit surprised at how competitive the Italians were. <clears throat> they couldn't put them away. Yeah. Early on, there was a chance maybe to get, score three, four tries and it's game over. And then they just try throwing the ball around and score some incredible tries. That didn't happen. So they... Um, again, they'll behind deep down. They'll think this was obviously was pretty scary for them, but they look at it and think it was a test for us. Our backs were to the wall. We weren't playing well. The discipline was really, really poor from them, um, and that they learn a lot from this. That, that's the thing on the discipline, Gwynny, isn't it? Because you, you talk about taking the Wales game in context because of how bad Wales were. But if you take France at the weekend in context, conceding the eighteen penalties. From a discipline perspective, that's not going to happen two weeks in a row. They're not going to. They're not going to be so ill disciplined. It's unlikely, um, but when you're when you're under pressure, you don't know. So Italy put them under a lot of pressure, and um, they're all a lot of them are split decisions. Some of them are silly ones, and you know we spoke about Wales's penalty count in the first half, Ireland's in the second half. It doesn't matter how disciplined you are. Um, sometimes you creak under pressure, and and you know you jump the gun to try and. It's that hindmost foot scenario where you're trying to get off the line to stop. You're getting frustrated with the opposition. They have the ball for lots and lots of phases and you're defending for a period of time. So if you hold on to the ball, any team holds on to the ball for a long period of time, you're, you're possibly going to get rewarded. And um, But it's very difficult for, to see Wales or to see France being that sloppy again, even in their attack. I think the third try they got... Uh, Possibly shouldn't have been a try. I think Gregory Aldred is halfway up the rock when when the ref says the ball is out. Right. Um, so they got a little bit fortunate there, but 
they'll be they'll be better in Dublin. Ireland are four point favourites for that, and we preview that game later on in the week. And I do want to just um, sound a slight warning note about Scotland, who for the third time in a row have beaten England. Yeah, uh, they're no longer the kind of flaky Scotland that we just took for granted in the last World Cup. Uh, we won't be able to take them for granted in this World Cup or in this. Six Nations either. Um, you would never take them for granted on their day anyway as regards... They were just a flakiness about them. We always yeah. thought that... Well, look, we're, they, we're they've admitted that themselves. Them. If you if you see some of the inconsistencies in the performances over the years, they, they're unbelievably capable of, of stringing a performance together, um, causing you massive problems, making it really difficult, and then and winning a big game, and then the week after... It's a letdown. Yeah. So two years ago, they beat England in Twickenham, to win the Calcutta Cup again similar s- run of fixtures the following week they played Wales in Murrayfield and they lost the game and it derailed them Ireland went there and beat them as well um, they were France beat them um, so they ended up starting this the competition with unbelievable momentum excitement there's a there's similar obviously same run of fixtures but um They've got to beat Wales on Saturday. They've, they've got, got to back it up. In depth now, it feels like that there's more experience. They've got a bit of steel about them as well. You know, their back row and Jamie Ritchie and Matt Fagerson. Uh, I think Fagerson is just he twenty plus tackles of the weekend. Everybody talks about Ritchie Gray's hands for the last try for Duhan van der Merwe's. And watch it back. So Ritchie Gray. Puts it through the hands before the English player attacks him. Brilliant hands from the big second row. Fagerson gets the ball then with 20, 30 yards to go. And his first reaction and first movement is give it to Van der Merwe really quickly. I, I really, that jumped out at me because some players would just run you five, ten yards. <laughs> no, I always had that in my head. The reason that this is a point for me is that I always thought, get give it to the quickest fella, yeah. track on the inside, he's going to get a leg tackle and you possibly be there for the inside pass. But what he did was, there's a lesson in that for anyone, for props or hookers or anybody. If you have a winger outside you and you've space in front of you, obviously there's cover coming across, just put it through the hands. Fagerson did that so Van der Merwe gets it he now has time to get up speed and he, he stepped back inside and scored a brilliant try the yeah. first one was superb as well that was a brilliant team try I presume you've seen the bit on Twitter where there's a nice little bite between the two out halves after the first try where um, Finn Russell just is like uh, telling uh, not the out half sorry um, on Farrell on Farrell yeah like Farrell just took it <laughs> Farrell obviously absolutely emptied him in a tackle a that, few was, that was it John I think he there might have been a little reminder back that you know what what happened there but England were blunt um, so round one uh, there was some brilliant games the three three great games I think obviously they, if you're on the if you're on the losing side yeah. there weren't three great great games but it was a brilliant weekend and uh you know, it'll be intriguing now to see who can kick on and, and really grab a bit of momentum. If Ireland were to beat France, you're you're wide open. Yeah, that, it's a, that um, the slow mo of the Van der Merwe try. I mean, that should be when you walk into the World Rugby Museum at Twickenham. That should be just on the screens everywhere. Yeah, just I don't immaculate. think it will be. Though. <laughs> no, but the way he not. changed the ball from one hand and, and was able oh. to fend Dombrant as well um, was 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 superb. But. Uh, yeah, Scotland have a real chance now in this competition because if they if they beat Wales next week, um, obviously in round three they're over in, in Paris, but they've they'll really feel good about themselves and and yeah, 
We've got to be worried about doing the World Cup. Yeah. Like it's it's not a guaranteed. Oh, we're we're straight through to the quarterfinals to face. I've said it so teams. many times. No matter what form Scotland have, when you go to that World Cup, it's going to be a really difficult game. Yeah, as it stands, though, Six Nations happy days. Yeah, it's a good, really good start. Really good start. Stick Prendergast in a ten if Johnny Sexton's injured. That's all. <laughs> Why not? Let's just see. Right, Queenie, good stuff. Thanks, Queenie. Thanks, lads. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.